With the introduction of TikTok just a couple short years ago, things on social media have clearly changed. Instead of Instagram being the main platform that everyone is using, we're seeing more and more creators flock to TikTok, and we're seeing Instagram try and become more and more like TikTok every single day. The two platforms are really so different, and it's pretty clear that there are a lot of different things that work and don't work on each of these platforms. We feel differently about most of the platforms too, Instagram feeling more curated and perfected for most, while TikTok feels like we can be our authentic selves. When it comes to being a creator who is managing and mastering both Instagram and TikTok, there's a lot that you need to know about the different strategies that work to grow, balance, and create content for each of these platforms. I'm Kristen Busquet, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with Madison Prettyman, who's the creator behind Choose Your Glow and Choose Your Social. She started her creator journey as a beauty creator who spoke about oily, acne-prone skin, but eventually she created another page to help creators learn how to master creating content successfully. Along the way, she's been able to turn her passion project into a full-time job and help creators everywhere learn more about skincare and social media. Today, we're diving into how to grow, engage, and create for both Instagram and TikTok, and how to balance it all along the way as a busy creator. We're giving you the scoop on all things mastering socials. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 48 of Social Scoop. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm floored that we're almost at 50 episodes. It just seems so crazy. And every single week, we have more and more listeners to the show. So thank you so much for sharing with your friends, sharing on your stories. It's truly the best compliment that you can give us besides a five-star review. I'm just saying. Guys, so this week, Instagram is working on quite a few things that I wanted to share with you. And we have some developments in some past news. First things first, Instagram is working on public group chats. This is a really interesting concept. So you will be able to create a public group chat that can be discoverable, and basically people can join it to connect over shared interests. This is super new, and this is all the information that we have. So I don't know where this is going to live, and that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out in my head because I feel like it seems like very displaced. Like I'm not really sure where this would live, but I like the idea of public group chats as a creator because I think it's a great way for you to meet new people and network with new people instead of just like randomly stumbling across them on the suggested posts or on the explore page. I think it's a really cool way to bring people together with similar interests so that as a creator, that's a really great way to build new connections. And we know that building connections is really one of the best ways for us to grow our platforms, meet new people, network, and really be able to like have success on, on this platform. So I'm really into this idea. I actually can't wait. I will definitely be creating a public group chat when this comes out. So when it comes out, look out for it. I'll let you know. You can join. Also, Instagram is working on the ability to search within the list of story viewers. Okay, I know that 
there are some people who are going to use this for evil, okay? Like your toxic behaviors of trying to figure out if your ex-boyfriend watched your story is going to take a lot less time now. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) So there will be a search bar on the screen in stories where you can see your viewers so that you'll be able to just type in someone's username and it will show if they did or did not view that story. Again, This feels maybe like not the most productive update that Instagram has ever had. But listen, sometimes we need to know if someone's watching our story. And I get it. If you get a lot of views, it's annoying to look through. So use this however you choose. Don't let it become a toxic behavior, though, okay? Instagram is also working on trending creators. This is cool, but I also can see it being a little bit damaging. I always try and look at kind of both sides of all of this news that comes out because I think there's good and bad to all of it. So basically, this is going to be a badge that is awarded to creators who get a lot of profile visits compared to creators with a similar number of followers. So if you have 10,000 followers and another person has 10,000 followers and they get like a massive amount of profile visits they are going to have possibly this trending creators badge to show that they're a creator who's getting a lot of views. Again, I do feel like there's already just so much comparison on Instagram. Like I'm already comparing my numbers to people all the time. So like having, it's almost like the verified thing when you want to get verified and you're like, oh man, they're so much more legit than me. Like you feel kind of bad about it sometimes. So I think it's Another one of those things where like, if you get it, you're going to feel really good. But if you don't get it, I feel like it can be one of those things that kind of just breaks you down even further. And honestly, I think at this point with Instagram, with the way most of us feel mentally, I'm not sure this is the most productive thing. But hey, if you get it, I think it's a really great way to kind of use that as leverage for working with brands. Hey, brand, you know, I am a trending creator. Instagram has literally awarded me this badge. Like if you want to work with anyone, you're going to want to work with me. So I can see it good and bad. Good if you get it. Probably bad if you don't. (laughs) Now, I think it was last week, maybe the week before we talked about Instagram making this new media kit option. So there have been more developments for this Instagram media kit. Now, as of the test, it seems it's going to be called Creators Portfolio. And they kind of outlined the four different things that will be available in this kind of like portfolio media kit situation that they're building. I'm going to read it to you word for word. Express your individuality. Videos, photos, and text lets you express who you are and what makes you unique. Show off your content. Highlight content you love to create with insights on what performs best. Let brands view in the creator marketplace. Make your portfolio public in the creator marketplace so brands can discover your best work. And lastly, start the conversation. Sharing a portfolio is a great way to start talking to brands about partnering. You can also link outside of Instagram. Okay, so a lot of this we probably already knew, but there are some kind of new things here. First of all, cool that you're going to be able to actually show insights on what performs best on your page. Again, I think that's an annoyance for a lot of us when brands are like, oh, send me screenshots, this, this, and this. It would be cool to just like have the link to this and they could just go look at it. I think that could save us a lot of time. What's also kind of a new development here is that you're going to be able to share this in the creator marketplace. 
Now, for those of you who don't know what the creator marketplace is, this is something that Instagram actually, a lot of people already do have access to it. I have access to it right now. Basically, what it is, is you can kind of like onboard yourself to be discoverable through the Instagram platform by brands that are onboarded to find creators. So they'll be able to kind of like look through a bunch of of profiles and find out if there are any creators that they want to work with. As a creator, though, as far as I've been able to tell, you don't have the option to like apply for a certain campaign or anything. It basically is just a list of brands and you can say, yes, I would be interested or no, I would not. And I don't know what that looks like for the brand on their side. It's actually really interesting. I was interviewed last week or the week before by Business Insider about the creator marketplace because they basically talked to a lot of creators who have this feature. And we all, as a general consensus, kind of said that nothing's really happening with it. And for anyone who is listening that does already have this, I would actually be really curious to hear your thoughts on it. So send me a DM if you do have the creator marketplace and let me know, like, are you getting any jobs from this? Like what's going on? Because I told Business Insider, it almost feels like it wasn't ready for them to release because there doesn't really seem like there's a lot that we can do as creators other than just say like, these are brands I'm interested in working with. And then you just let things happen. But I don't think anything's really happening as of yet. So not really sure what's going on with that, but it does seem that this creator portfolio would be able to be made public in the creator marketplace so that maybe a brand finds you, they click on your profile, then they can see your portfolio and then make a decision on if they want to work with you or not, which is cool, but also doesn't really allow us a ton of control. And if you know me, (laughs) you know I'm a control freak. And so this bothers me. Also, you'll be able to share a link to this creator portfolio outside of Instagram. So if, for example, a brand asks for your media kit for Instagram, you could just send it to them with this link. However, obviously, if you're a creator who's on TikTok or YouTube, Pinterest, whatever it is, you don't have the option to also share your TikTok or your Pinterest insights or whatever on here as well. Like This is strictly for Instagram. So if you are strictly an Instagram creator, great. You can just send them this link. But if you do have other platforms that you want to have in your media kit, maybe this isn't going to be the best option. So we'll see where this goes. But I think it's a step in the right direction on letting us kind of connect better with brands. But as of right now, I haven't really seen anything happening specifically with that. But we'll see. I also wanted to let you know something really, really exciting about our monthly creator membership. I know as a creator, the hardest part is really finding consistent jobs. Like I am very fully aware of that. Even for me, after doing this for years, it's still hard. It doesn't really ever get super easy. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Anyways, so to make things a little bit easier for our members, we actually just started a dashboard in the creator membership where you will be able to see different job opportunities from brands multiple times a week. So instead of you having to spend a ton of time combing through influencer platforms, we're finding the best jobs out there that pay fairly and actually posting them with all of the application information for you so that this process can just be a lot quicker and easier. And as you know, as a busy creator, that is invaluable. Your time is so, so valuable. So if you wanted to come hang out with us in our monthly creator membership, don't forget the link is down below in the description. And also you can use code SCOOP for 50% off of your first month. There's so many other really great things in there. So keep that in mind. Come hang out with us and we'll see you there. 
Speaking of getting consistent brand deals, I also wanted to let you guys know that on Tuesday, October 25th at noon Eastern time in our Facebook group, which is linked in the description, we are doing a free seminar to teach you how to be getting more consistent brand deals, how to build these relationships with brands and really get more consistent income so that you can hopefully, you know, do this as a full-time creator if that's your goal. So if you want to come hang out with us in this free seminar in our Facebook group, Tuesday, October 25th, make sure to join the Facebook group before then. The link is down in the description and I will see you guys there. All right, guys, I'm so excited for today's episode because TikTok and Instagram, as we know, are both beasts of their own. And it's very hard, I feel like, to master and manage both of them. But Maddie actually does a really, really great job at that. So I'm so excited that you're here, Maddie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is so exciting to be in front of all of these creators and just share some knowledge and hopefully help in some way. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've been following you for a while and I I love everything you share. So I feel like when I have people on the podcast that I really love, people, I think, get like extra excited because I'm I'm like so excited to ask you all the questions that I have. (laughs) So I'm excited that you're here. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. So yeah, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know your content or who you are, just give us kind of the rundown of who you are, what you do, maybe a little bit about how you got here. Sure. So I started off as an influencer content creator in the beauty and skincare space. And after two years doing that, I decided to start helping other creators and influencers kind of maximize their efforts on Instagram and TikTok. So now I have a social media agency on the side and do one-on-one coaching and kind of help creators not only set up their accounts to grow, but also be able to monetize those accounts too. So you're very busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely busy at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I feel like so many creators, like we can't just like do one thing. There's no just like being a creator. We all have like so many different things going on. And that's actually something that I want to touch on today is like balancing all of these different things because just being on a couple of platforms on its own, I feel like is already enough work, not only creating that content, but also like thinking of the strategies, engaging, building communities. And so to have other things aside from that, it's always just like very humbling. It's hard when you're multifaceted and you just want to, you know, dip your toes in in a lot of things. But, um, you know, it's not impossible. It's definitely possible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Actually, I'm curious to hear you. So you said you you kind of were an influencer for a couple of years and then made this little bit of a transition. When did you start with influencing? And like, how did you, like, why did you start? How did you decide this is what you were going to do? So I started my account in 2018 on Instagram specifically. You know, I kind of turned my pain into my passion and like, really started sharing my journey with acne. So I had really acne prone skin. I was able to figure out how to cure that acne. And I just started sharing my favorites online. It was back in the day where flat lays were really big. So everyone was just kind of posting their products on their desk. And I don't even think I showed my face on my account until like six months in. And after that, I started showing my face, posting more pictures. And it wasn't until 
reels came out that I really started seeing some growth and yeah. just right away started getting into video content. Yeah, it's honestly so crazy to think back on that time when like flat lays, like you didn't even have to show your face. Yeah. Flat lays were the thing to do. Like life feels like it was just so much simpler back then. And I'm actually really curious to hear like, how do you feel now about Instagram versus back then? Because as a creator in 2018, and as a creator now, like things are very, very different. Yes. So you know, I, I honestly feel pretty good about Instagram now because of reels. I've been able to see a significant growth. Like I've been able to grow way faster than when I was just posting pictures and yeah. writing these like blog captions. So I do feel pretty good about it, but it was really frustrating at the beginning. I think incorporating anything new can just take a little bit more time and, right. you know, there's a learning curve. So I was frustrated at first because I had to learn something new, but now I'm seeing the ability to grow and it's just so much more significant than before for me personally. And I'm trying to share that with people too. It really is not that complicated if you have the right tools to do so. I think that's the part that really does frustrate so many people. It's not that Instagram is changing. It's that we have to figure out how to like adapt and change with it. We get so comfortable doing something one way. And then before we know it, we have to kind of change the way that we're doing things and learn how to do. It's almost like that trial and error. You know what I mean? Like when reels first came out, I'm sure you didn't post your first reel and it automatically went viral. I mean, if you did, that's amazing. But most people, I feel like that's probably not how it went. So I think having to like figure out, okay, like what kind of reels are working for me? Like, what do I have to do in these reels. And, and a lot of people probably had to make a lot of shifts and changes. And I think for some people, that's very, it's like scary and overwhelming, but you're right. It is, it's doable. And once you figure it out, it feels a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that anything new is going to be a little bit hard and it takes more time at first too. So right. when you're making your first reel, it probably took me maybe an hour just to record and be confident enough to even show my face on camera. Like that's a hurdle you have to jump over. Oh yeah. But the more you do it, the easier it comes. And the more you do it, the more you learn about what works and what doesn't work. So it's kind of just putting yourself out there. Yes, you can have a strategy written out and, you know, hire someone like me and have me tell you what to do, but practice makes perfect. And it really just takes some effort on your part to learn what works for you. Yeah, you actually bring up a really great point there. I mean, for me as well, like as a coach, I feel like so many people come to me to solve all of their problems and just expect that they're going to get like this magic answer that for some reason is like nowhere for free on the internet and you have to have a coach for it. But it's more for us to kind of like help you walk through all of these hurdles, you know, like together with you, but you're still going to have to do all of that trial and error. You know, like I think having a coach seems like, you know, the answer that's going to make things really easy. I think it makes it easier, but it's not by any means going to be something that is super quick and easy just because you have someone by your side, you know, like it's, it's an interesting concept, but I think it's, it's worth talking about. Absolutely. I think a lot of people that I meet with, they expect me or they want out of the conversation to get a written out strategy where they can just yeah. follow and they don't really have to think, right? Right. But I like, especially my first coaching call with people, I love to really change their mindset. 
And if you want, I can go over what I try to go over with a lot of my clients. And that is overcoming three fears. There are three fears I think everyone should try to overcome before even thinking about strategy. And the first fear is the fear of being judged. So if you are, and this is why I tell everyone, don't use your personal Instagram to start making content creation or start influencing. I, I think it can work for some people, but people have this preconceived notion that, oh, I have 1800 followers that and a really good engagement rate. So why not just start posting my influencing stuff and it's just going to go up from there. But the fear of being judged by people that you know, that maybe aren't interested in your content is just going to filter yourself. So you're not going to show up the way you need to show up in order to grow and in order to maximize, you know, your growth. So start a new Instagram. Really these days, if you're posting a reel every single day, it really is not that hard to grow an audience pretty quickly. And, you know, what happens with Instagram is whoever has been engaging with your content the most over the last couple of years will see your content first. And if they, you know, are served this new topic that they're not really interested in, and they've already, you know, engaged with your other stuff, it's going to hurt your engagement overall. So right, you don't want your ex-boyfriend Joe and your Aunt Sally to be seeing <laughs> three ways how to wear a scarf, you know? So just <laughs> get over that fear of being judged if you want to keep your Instagram account fine, but you have to jump over that hurdle. And right. the second one is just fear of being your true self. So even if you are starting fresh, you can't filter yourself in front of strangers either. Because if you try to act like someone else or you try to be someone else that you've seen do well, people can read right through it. And it's going to be really hard to get people to relate to you and to feel like you're being authentic with them. Right. And it's really hard to keep up with anyways if you're trying to be someone else. I was going to say, else. it's exhausting. Yeah, like so imagine exhausting. just every day you have to put on like this facade and like be someone else, be who everyone wants you to be. Like that's harder than just being yourself and like just saying what you want to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why you're creating more work for yourself and the beauty of content creation is you're doing what you want to do. You're doing your passion. So don't create more effort for yourself there. It really is easy to be yourself. It's like the easiest thing to do. Right. And the third fear that is the biggest, I think for me, when talking to people is the fear of wasting your time. So Mm. like starting a business, you don't know if you're going to get a return on investment. What's nice about content creation is you don't really have a really big investment. You're not, you know, having to pay bills or, you know, buy a facility or buy product, right? You're investing your time. So Yes, there is some investment there, but if you're scared of wasting your time, you're only going to put in 25% of your effort, then you'll never get to where you want to be. You have to put your all into it and know that there is a possibility that this might not work out in the way that you want it to work out. We all have hope, but yeah, that's just something that we all have to get past. And I think that's what stops a lot of people from like putting their all and canceling maybe extracurricular plans or whatever it may be to put time and investment into content creation. Yeah, I love that you touched on that. I think that's a really good point. I made a video not too long ago talking about how like people ask all the time, like, oh, there are so many creators, like, how are you competing? How are you competing? But 
I feel like it's actually not that hard because so many people go into it with this idea of like, oh, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get rich and famous and get all this free stuff. And it's going to be so easy. All I have to do is take some photos and some videos. And then (laughs) they fizzle out when they realize that, you know, it really is a big investment on your time and you may get literally nothing back. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to kind of think about. And this is I'm sure that you've like kind of followed this Michaela Nagara drama that's going on. And like, I, that was something that like when she talked about how hard it was like being a creator, I don't think she meant it in a way that like other things aren't hard, but like, she's right. right. It's a really hard job. And I can't imagine like, I mean, even with you, you have a huge following too. Like just the pressure of like being in front of all of those people, like that's something that a lot of people aren't really prepared for either. Like it's hard in its own way. It doesn't take away from other things being hard, but like this is a hard job. It's not like all, you know, just taking pictures and playing with makeup all day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up Michaela because it's been weighing on me and uh. I just feel like obviously she could have worded it differently, but When you're a creator, it's really hard to show up every single day. So yeah, it's really hard to not accidentally say something wrong when you're on camera all day long. And I really think that people only see a little piece of what content creation is. One video could have been 24 hours of work beforehand setting up, buying product, testing product, writing out a script if that's what you're into, re-recording, maybe messing up a few times. And she Mm -hmm. is someone who does put out a lot of content and people support that and they love that about her. And, you know, they find one thing wrong and they're going to try to tear her down. I just feel like it's super unfair. And I don't think that she should be canceled for this. I think she should you know, learn from the experience and gain some feedback, but people are just bullying and she's been open about her struggle with mental health and depression. And I just really think it's wrong how people are making her feel so bad about this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's one of the, the big things about TikTok. That's almost kind of like one of the big differences that I've noticed between TikTok and and Instagram, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me personally, and I'm lucky in this way. But like, on Instagram, I have my community there. And it's a very close knit community. And everyone is really nice. And everything is, you know, all fine and dandy. But I feel like on TikTok, if I'm gonna get hate anywhere, it's typically on TikTok, because I think the way that the content is getting, you know, dispersed to all of these different people, so many new eyes that are not in my community are seeing my content. So I feel like people almost feel a little bit more comfortable saying whatever they want to say because they don't know you. Whereas people on Instagram feel closer to you, I guess. Right. You know, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that like even on Instagram, when your content reaches, I think a certain amount of views, when it starts to become viral, that's when you know it's getting pushed out to people that you don't know. So TikTok, I think it's pushed out to random people quicker, where Instagram, you kind of have to get through your initial audience and then the randoms start coming in. And when people don't know you, they are at a higher chance of judging you. And if you, you know, sometimes I'll reply to the haters and I'll, you know, be nice about it and 
you know, not try to fight back. And they almost always will reply back and say, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't think you're going to see this. Yep. And it's just so funny that people just think that the creators aren't looking and they think that the creators are just like not real life people and they dehumanize them. And right. I think that's an issue in itself, but right. yeah, I just tell my clients, stop looking at comments after, you know, it, re- it, surpasses your normal engagement just stop looking at the comments it's not a bad tip it's not a bad tip at all I think that (laughs) makes total sense so yeah thinking about like Instagram versus TikTok again obviously you've been able to like master both of them you're doing obviously a really great job with both now what are kind of like I guess first of all do you have different strategies for the different platforms and like how do they differ or are you really just kind of like taking TikTok content posting it onto Instagram and vice versa So I don't really have different strategies. I think my biggest thing is get the most out of your content while investing the least amount of time because you want time put towards learning, growing, educating yourself. And, you know, I'm a big believer in niching down. If you want to touch on that, we can. But I think that if you master making good short form video and kind of diversify what type of video you're creating on your platform and then repurpose it, I really do think that you can still grow. Yes, historically, Instagram, the videos on Instagram tend to do a little bit better if they are shorter, maybe trending audios, maybe more comedic, where TikTok, the longer form videos are starting to do really well. But I think that if you don't post the longer form videos on Instagram, you're missing out on like that nurturing aspect because people can learn your personality a lot more. They can, you know, learn a lot more from you. They get to get comfortable with your dialect and you can't really do that with trending sounds. Yes, you might not get as much right. reach and views, but you'll see the the longer form content usually gets more comments and more engagement. And I think you can make a bigger impact that way. So yeah, just focus on making good short form video, diversify and repurpose. I think that's the easiest way to grow both accounts. Yeah, I think that's a whole kind of work smarter, not harder thing. You know, again, as creators, we're typically not just creating content for one platform. Like we're being pulled in 500 different directions, doing 500 different things. Mm -hmm. Why would we create completely different content for both of these platforms when we could just cross post a lot of it? So yeah, I I do the same thing. I think that's the way to do it, honestly. Now, you did touch on niching down. And this is, I feel like, I feel like this is literally the biggest debate in the entire creator community is like, do I have to niche down? How do I niche down? For me, I feel like you can do both. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you have a niche, you're going to grow faster. You're going to see a more engaged community. Like, I think there's a lot more pros that come along with niching down. But do I think it's mandatory? Not necessarily. I think you're just going to have a lot harder of a time. But like, there are plenty of creators that Mm-hmm. they are their niche, you know, like their personality is is what does it for people. And that's fine. But I think that happens not very often. So having a niche is like more of a security blanket almost. So you know that you're going to get something out of your time. Absolutely. I think that when I say niche down, a lot of people think I mean just a topic. And I yeah. really don't mean that. I Like you said earlier, your personality can be your niche. But 
or if you're going to go the lifestyle route or personality route, you have to stand out somehow and you can't just copy what other people are doing where when you niche down, you can really get inspiration from what other people are doing and then just apply it to your own niche. So it is easier. It's easier if you niche down, especially at the beginning and then maybe diversify as you grow. But if you want your personality to be your niche, think about the people that don't have a niche right now that are big creators. What about the personality is consistent and is engaging and they almost always have some type of consistency. So when I say niche, I mean consistency, patterns, you know, cohesiveness on your page. And I think that's the best thing you can do for overall growth and community building. Right. And the other thing too, I mean, with niche, so many people think it has to be like one word. Mm -hmm. I'm a beauty blogger, a fashion blogger. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like one set category of content. Again, like the personality could really be it. Like you don't even have to necessarily be able to like put a name on it. It's really only for for your usage when you're going to be thinking about content ideas and things like that. But I tell people all the time, like, if you can't think of one word and you don't want to think of one word, like, what's the mission? You know, like, what's the mission behind what you're doing? Okay, like, is it, you know, I want to show my content or my followers fitness content so they can become more confident moms. Okay, like, that's a niche right there. It doesn't have to be like fitness blogger, mom blogger, you know, because like we could put it 10 different ways with just that example. But I think, again, people get too caught up on the whole niche thing because they're trying to figure out one specific word when it really doesn't need to be that. Absolutely. And maybe just think more if you can't think of one word or a specific topic, think about the person that you want seeing your content. So if you're a lifestyle influencer and you want to talk about all of these different things, then instead of niching down topic-wise, niche down viewer-wise and you can still you know, be multifaceted and just kind of try to bring in a specific viewer that maybe also shares all of these different things with you. That's also a great way to niche down. Yeah, I love that. I'm curious, is that why you have kind of like your two different avenues? So you have your profile where you're more teaching creators, you're, you know, educating on social media, but then you also have like your beauty content as well. I'm sure when you were going from being just in beauty to dabbling in social media, you know, like you had to make that decision. Am I going to put it all on one account or start a new account? So how did you go through that? Because I actually feel like that's something that, I mean, I feel like I do it all the time, but I know I talk to creators a lot too, that they're like, well, I really love fashion, but I also really love soccer or like something totally like, you know, not related at all. And so I'm curious how you kind of went through that process. I think you really, it differs with each situation. So for me, my audience consisted of beauty lovers, skincare lovers, people who, you know, wanted to improve their skin, who wanted to just, you know, know the best moisturizer for acne prone skin. And I knew that if I started incorporating social media content, 80% of these people would be like, I don't care about that. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to be a content creator. So it's just confusing for both the viewer and the algorithm. And I don't think it's impossible, but you will reach a plateau. You won't continue to rise because you're going to have to bring in people that both want social media content and want beauty and skincare content. And they're out there, but 
it is just going to be a little bit harder to grow. You'll, you'll reach a plateau. Right. So I, you know, wanted to just try to create something separate because I knew I had enough content and I knew I could kind of use my skincare and beauty page to drive the content on my social media page, just because I did have that personal experience. Right. And my audience over on the social media page is way more than just beauty lovers. It's small business owners. It's men and women who, you know, want to grow their social medias in all these different niches. So I think in my case, it was important for me to make that separation. But in some cases, maybe your current audience would be interested in something else and you just have to experiment. I always say experiment. If you're on Instagram, experiment in your stories first. So yes, if you're beauty and skincare and but you also love cooking and you think you can kind of make the three combine together, then start introducing cooking into your stories and see how people react to it. Are you getting a heightened increase in story views? Perfect. A lot of click rates, a lot of DMs. Perfect. Then maybe start adding a video a week with a recipe that is great for skin, you know? So right. you can definitely yeah. in- incorporate it. Just I think it's situational. Yeah. And I love that idea of kind of like finding ways to mush the two topics together. Cause I think that's a really good way to like ease it in to your audience so that they don't feel like it's coming totally out of left field. You know, like what is a, a recipe for a face mask you can make at home? Like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Cause I, I love skin. So I'm already interested in it. Right. And then maybe they start to really like the way that you make these food videos and then they maybe weren't interested in food to begin with, but now they really are just kind of intrigued because they like the way you're doing those videos. So that's a really good kind of way to transition. I totally love that. Now, because you have both of these accounts and you're obviously consistently creating content for both of them, what does your like planning and creating schedule look like? Because obviously like the idea of having two accounts so you can have two totally separate niches, I think for me is very appealing. But then I think about having to create content for another platform and I'm just like, uh-huh. I, I can't, I can't do it. So I'm curious how you balance all of this. So my schedule now is a little different than when I first started because I was working in nine to five and running all four, which is sounds insane. Yeah, But it was doable because I would batch create and really organize my week. And it was definitely doable. Now I'm not batch creating as much because I think batching can kind of take away the passion for making content. And it just becomes redundant. And it's just not as fun, in my opinion. I think it's important to try that if you're super busy, because it is helpful. But now I have blocks of time in my day. So my days pretty much look the same schedule wise, I work out at the same time, I eat at the same time each day, I, you know, know what I'm eating, I know when I have time for watching a show, but it's the hours I have blocked out in my day, two or three hours each day that I can actually record content. Yeah, and that's consistent, but I get to pick what I'm recording that day. So I do still have that like, ability to do what I want. But it is pretty organized. So There's a lot of different routes you can go. Some people are more sporadic and they don't want a super lockdown routine. So that's fine. But just make sure that you have a few hours each day where you're fully in content creation. And I think that that can just kind of help with the consistency. Yeah. And I actually, 
it's interesting. Like I used to be someone who would very religiously batch create content. And there came a point where like by the end of the week, when I was getting to the end of all the videos, I was like, I don't even care about these videos anymore. Like (laughs) they're just not exciting to me. Like, I don't even know if anyone wants to watch these, you know? So I, I agree. Like now I get up, I film like maybe two videos in the morning and I just post them whenever I have time throughout the day. And I like that better because again, I think it does feel more like real and authentic and and I can kind of like be a little bit more just like in the moment again with like what I have to say. And also sometimes, you know, like again with kind of going back to the Michaela thing, like I wanted to make a video talking about that. And like, if I was someone who was strictly batch creating content, like I can't kind of give opinions on like timely things, you you know, that are going on. I feel like it gives you a little bit less flexibility. So I would agree with that. I definitely have made the shift to just kind of like make that time in the beginning of my day to just, you know, create and then I'll post it throughout the day. Okay, so we have a few minutes left and I have a few questions that I want to get through. So I want to give you like lightning round. Okay. Like give me give me your best answers. We'll just bust through them. Let's go. So, okay, when it comes to video content, reels, TikToks, all the different things, is there anything in your videos that you will like, if you are recording a video just for TikTok or just for Instagram that you're like, ooh, this will definitely like be perfect for Instagram or be perfect for TikTok, like any video strategies between the two? You know, I don't really, I think that Instagram, you know, the shorter, more comedic, trending audios just always do well. I really do think they do better, but it's just, I think a good video is a good video. So it's hard for me to like really cap certain things, you know, and I, I, sometimes I'll think, oh, this might perform better. And then it ends up not. And it's like the opposite. So story. I think there's no perfect formula. You know, it's really just random. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a really great point. And it's always the videos that you don't expect to do well that blow up and you're like, how did I end up here? How did this happen? Totally, totally. You just got to do what you what you come up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, okay, how about engaging with your audience? I know for me personally, on Instagram, I will try and always respond to comments. Like, again, my, my community feels like much more tight-knit there than it does on TikTok. So me spending time engaging on Instagram feels very important. But on TikTok, I literally spend like almost no time. Like I'll re- respond to comments, but like I'm not going through and like interacting with other people's posts. Like I never DM on TikTok. So I'm curious with engaging, is there anything between the two platforms like that looks different for you? I'm the same same as you. So TikTok, I'll reply to questions in my comments or even mm-hmm. reply with the video sometimes. I think that's a great way to yeah. get people to feel involved with your content. But like, I'm not going to reply to every single content if it's just like a heart or something yeah. like that. And yeah, I don't really engage with other people. I will sometimes just, you know, comment randomly if I feel like it, but it's not a part of my like everyday strategy. Yeah. Instagram, I really find value in replying to DMs. So these days, it's really hard for me to get through all DMs, but I try to kill two birds with one stone and reply to DMs because I get a lot of questions about skincare and just my daily routine and stuff like that. So I'll reply a really long reply to people and then share it to my story. So it kind of is nice to be able to also share it with the rest of people. But you'll be surprised. People are so much more grateful when you DM them back than just 
commenting back to them. So I probably spend most of my time in my DMs. And then again, with Instagram, if people are asking a question, I will reply to them. If it's ever a good question and I am writing out a really long reply, I'll, I'll always share that to my story too. Yeah, that's a a really great idea. Again, I think with having larger followings on both platforms, there's just no physical way that you could respond to every single person and engage with every like person you want to engage with. So, you know, it's I feel like what you're doing totally makes sense. I love it. So also with growth, I mean, on Instagram, you've been able to grow a ton. Obviously, you mentioned like Reels has been a big part of that. Um, same with TikTok in just in just a few years. I mean, you've done so well. So this is like maybe uh, an annoying question because I feel like everyone must ask it. But like, what is the like secret for growth for either of these platforms? Like, have you found that there's one thing that you do really well on Instagram that works really well and same with TikTok? I know this is cliche because I know that everyone says this, but you just got to be consistent and show up. If you experience a dip in engagement, don't let that stop you and filter you for your next video. I've definitely gone through times where my engagement has been half and it's just, you know, it's, it's annoying because when your engagement is lower, but you're at a certain point of followers, you have to stop yourself from feeling embarrassed because it really does not matter. You, we all go through hills of engagement. It it really is just super normal. So Mm -hmm. being consistent is the best thing that you can do. And I've seen too many people, too many bigger creators too, see that drop in engagement and then they give up and then they start posting once a week. Yeah. And then they stop posting because they're still not growing when they post once a week. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it makes me sad because I'm not special. I'm really not special. I just haven't stopped. I'm like an energizer bunny. I just keep going. (laughs) And I know that so many other people have the ability to do the exact same thing. It's just they allow their emotions to take over when they look too far into vanity metrics. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting hearing your answers to everything. I hope you don't take this offensively. They sound just like what you would expect to hear in the answers. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I love that those were your answers because it almost makes people think like, okay, so there's no like secret magical formula here. Like it's literally just consistently putting out good content. Like, I think that's really what it comes down to, but it's hard for some people because they don't want to look at their content and say like, oh, well, my content maybe wasn't my best. Like maybe I should, you know, like we don't want to, people don't want to like say that they're the problem, you know? So, and I think that people should be taking like a harder look at their content. If your engagement is low, don't blame it on the algorithm. What, what did you do in your content that you could have done differently? Like that's got to be the first place that you look, because if you're just putting out the same thing over and over again, and it's never working, it's like, what, how does that saying go? Like, don't be a dead horse. Like you just keep, you're doing the same thing over again. Why is anything going to change? And you know, people are so quick to blame it on the algorithm. So I say, I think looking at your content, trying to analyze the numbers, analyze the statistics and just figure out like, is there anything I could have changed to make this retention rate be a little bit longer? Or, you know, why didn't this convert into followers, even though I got a lot of views? And those are the questions you have to ask yourself as a creator. This is a business at the end of the day. And like, just posting videos is is not going to cut it. Like you have to be able to kind of like analyze and 
grow your business and like the the way you're looking at things behind the scenes too. Absolutely. I think it's a lot simpler than people think it is. And not to say it's simple, but I think people (laughs) think it's super complicated and we have these secrets that we are gatekeeping. And yes, I do look at videos that performed well and I'll try to repeat those videos in a way that, you know, helps me grow. But I think the best thing you can do is just show up every single day and yes, be willing to, to learn, you know, you can't just be on autopilot and make the exact same content for years and years, right? Look at your piece of content from the day before. And what didn't you like about it? If you didn't feel good about it, then that's fine. You got it out there. Good. Right. What can you change for next time? Be willing to allow yourself to grow a little bit, a little bit each day. It's those 1% changes that really make a major impact. Yeah, I completely agree. And even if you're someone who is looking at your content and you're really not able to find anything, like this is where you can tap into your audience too. Like even if you want to ask on your close friends, ask on your story, all right, guys, like this video bombed. What what did you not like about it? What could I have done differently? Like, don't be afraid to tap into your audience too, because they're the ones who are ultimately like you're creating the content for. So it's important to know how they feel about things too. They'll want to share too. I promise you, they want to share. (laughs) All of the unsolicited opinions are now solicited and they're very excited to share them. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) This was so awesome. I hope that everyone listening got a good few nuggets of information and maybe you're feeling pretty inspired to go check out all of your stats now and maybe jump on TikTok if you haven't yet because... If you haven't yet, what are you doing? It's time. Maddie, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I love talking social media, so I appreciate you having me on. Of course. All right, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Social Scoop brought to you by Your Social Mate, where we help entrepreneurial creators learn how to monetize and turn their online influence into a legitimate, profitable, and self-sustaining business. We hope you absolutely love this episode and come back every Tuesday for a new one. If you really enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review here and send us a DM to let us know your favorite part. We're an open book if you ever want to discuss episodes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at KBOUSQ. We'll see you next week.